It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This call is being recorded. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the final crossover week of the regular season. It's kind of bittersweet because this is always one of my favorite moments of the season and favorite parts of the week. But this is the last one. It's myself. It's Ross Jackson. It's the Panthers. It's the Saints. Week 17. It is here. Ross, what's going on, buddy? Good to have you back. Back to being with me and back to... I am screwing this up. It, you're good. You're it's good. Week seventeen, in. man. It's week seventeen. <laughs> we we can afford some mistakes here. That's right, man. <laughs> We're all tired out like here. Yeah. It's okay, <laughs> man. We all sleepy out here, dog. Don't even worry <laughs> about it. Always, always glad to be here, man. Glad to do another one of these with you. And uh, look, man, I'm I'm telling you, this is an important game for New Orleans. So I'm actually really excited to uh, to dig into this one with you. Maybe it's not getting a lot of national attention or media attention or anything like that, but this is still an important game. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into that. We'll we'll talk playoff picture. Absolutely big game for the Saints. And, you know, Panthers, it has a little bit of meaning. It's a division rival. It's the final home game. They want to kind of go out with a bang. But we're going to just kind of talk about the teams here, just maybe discuss what's been going on with the teams, what's changed in the last couple of weeks. So I, I think we'll start with the Saints. And like you said, Ross, this is an important game for the Saints, no doubt. They are now 12-3 and after their big win over the Titans and what was a, a pretty exciting game on Sunday and mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara finally remembered how to score touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> finally was, happened. We've been waiting since week three and it finally literally, happened. I mean, I was getting tired of doing the player blurbs over at, uh, at four for four and saying, Oh, this could be the week as he hasn't scored since uh, week three. He finally did it. He scored twice. And now the saints are 12 and three. At the moment, the number two seed, uh, well, we're, we're recording this on Monday, so Monday night hasn't happened yet, but um, 12 and three in position for a bye uh, if they beat the Panthers on Sunday. But, you know, what's been going on with the Saints ever since that uh, that first game against the Panthers about six weeks ago? Well, you've certainly seen them lose a lot of players, and I think that's kind of been the biggest trajectory. Aside from winning, which is what they've been doing pretty well, uh, you've seen them lose some pretty big starters for the Saints. They now have, depending on what this Marcus Williams injury ends up being, and the Eli Apple injury as well, this could end up being starters number eight and nine that they've lost for multiple games throughout the season. This has been rough on them. Um, Marcus Davenport's done for the year. Sheldon Rankin's done for the year. Um, Kiko Alonso has been hurt. He should be coming back, hopefully for this week 17 game. Von Bell, hopefully coming back as well. That's kind of been the biggest thing for New Orleans is that they've had to sort of learn how to operate without some key starters uh, and without some key players on both sides of the ball. You've seen them without Andrews Pete. You've seen them without Larry Warford now for a game. And so they've really had to learn how to be resilient and to really continue to be resilient because they've been able to do that all season. And outside of that, I think since the last time these two teams have met, uh, the Saints offense has really, really gotten rolling. Uh, And it's been a very very, uh, pleasant surprise to see. But, um, you know, they scored 34 against the uh, against the Panthers the last time that they met. Since then, they've averaged just over 35 points per game. So this offense has continued to roll throughout. 
Yeah, no doubt. They've definitely been in some exciting games. Like I said, the Titans game was exciting. The 49ers, even though they fell mm-hmm. short. So they're they're rolling into the playoffs, there's no doubt. And uh, like we said, there's there's a chance. They could be no worse than the three seed, uh, but they could still, especially with Seattle losing in a another stunner. We've mm-hmm. had a couple of these stunners the last couple of weeks. Uh, but Seattle losing at home to Arizona certainly has opened the door now for them to get a first round by. They still need a little bit of help, but they're in a much better position to get the uh, get this by. But um, it's definitely going to be a, a tricky game, like you said. It's it's not like it's going to be an easy road. They're going to Carolina. Carolina has a chance to uh, play spoiler here mm-hmm. and force them into that wild card game. But I mean, the Panthers they basically hit rock bottom, right? Yeah. Seven in a row. Now they've lost. Uh, They get embarrassed by the Indianapolis Colts a week after the Colts got embarrassed by the saints on Monday night football. So it just shows how ugly things have been for the Panthers. They of course now have Will Greer as the starting quarterback. He made his debut in week 16 and really did not look all that great. It was just (laughs) more of the same kind of Kyle Allen with, uh, with three interceptions. The only positive, really, that you got out of that game was, uh, besides Christian McCaffrey, of course, being Christian McCaffrey, they're in a much better draft position now. They're sitting eighth in the the pecking order right now. Maybe could get up to six if they lose this game. I mean, it's it's tough to really pull some highlights at this point from a team that's now five and ten, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with, um, you know, the injury to Shaq Thompson and the secondary continuing to struggle. The offensive line has struggled. DJ Moore probably isn't going to play now with a concussion. I mean, it's, it's just snowballed for, for this Carolina team. But again, I mean, maybe they find a way to get fired up. Maybe they for a little bit, find try to play spoiler, but I don't know. It's, I, I think they're just ready to be done with the season. You can just tell that the players were all, frustrated and it, it kind of boiled over with the the Vernon Butler debacle during the game yesterday. I mean that that was just embarrassing. Not not just yeah. that he was ejected, but that he punched the wrong player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean awesome. not a, yeah. I, I don't know if you saw that, but you know, he yanked, I don't know if it was Quentin Nelson or whichever uh-huh. lineman it was, but he yanks him down by his helmet. And then another player just happened to be there, like wrong place, wrong time. And Butler throws a punch at the helmet. So not only does he embarrass oh, himself by getting ejected, but he makes himself look stupid by throwing a punch at the wrong player. So don't expect and can, to be and can we just Can we just agree to that punching a player that's wearing a helmet is just simply not the um, smartest choice in the first it's, place? It's dumb. <laughs> like you just look stupid when you do it and i mean if you f- punch hard enough you could break your own hand i'm sure right. i mean you, you just look dumb when you do it yeah not not the smoothest choice i'll tell you i had seen the i had seen the whole the whole scuffle uh on my phone as i was flipping through at one point but uh i, I didn't connect that he punched the wrong guy that's hysterical yeah that's so, really I mean, hysterical so no Vernon Butler we imagine on on Sunday <laughs> and and not something you want to do as a pending free agent as Oof. Well. yeah so he yeah. may have cost himself a little bit of money not not just in the fine he's probably going to get 
but in terms of the contract that he'll sign this off season. So well done. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh but, man. But yeah, before we jump into uh, some more fun, talking about more of these teams, I want to quick shout out our friends over at breaking tea. Listen, Christmas, it's right around the corner. In fact, by the time this drops, it'll be tomorrow. It's, it's pretty much Christmas Eve here and breaking tea is great for if you've got a sports fan in your life if you're looking for that last minute fan or fun sports gift for your favorite sports fan go to breakingtea.com slash locked on breaking tea make sports t-shirts around teams passionate moments they're great for all fans so just go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's jump back into this, Ross. Let's talk. I I want to dig a little bit more kind of into this game and kind of what to expect. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the Saints, again, we just talked about how complete this team is. And at this point, with DJ Moore being out, I mean, I think they can really focus all their attention on Christian McCaffrey. And you know they're going to feed him the ball because they're going to want him to get a 1,000 receiving yards and, you know, all that good stuff. So what's the, the Saints' plan, not just in this game, but how do they kind of attack this game and, you know, look ahead to the playoffs? Because, I mean – you know, it's easy to look ahead on a, a five and ten Panthers team. How do, how are the Saints going to kind of keep their focus, knowing that if they lose this game, they could be looking at a wild card game. But if they win this game, it could be a first round buy if they get a little little bit of help here. So what's what's kind of the mind frame of the team right now? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for them is that if they win this game, they get they they put themselves in position to at least get that bye week. And so this game doesn't become a throwaway. You know, Sean Payton sat all of the players down and explained to them exactly what each of these games mean, what else they need to happen around the league, essentially explained to them the situation that they're in in plain terms and said, here's how you can help yourself and here's how we can help ourselves and sort of set them up with that expectation. And so, you know, they're they're fighting not only for a first round bye and not only for as much home field advantage as they can get but honestly they're fighting for time you know Eli Apple just got hurt uh Marcus Williams just got hurt Andrus Pete is on his way back Larry Warford is on his way back Von Bell as well and so if they can get the first round by it gives them that much extra time to get a more complete team an even more complete team going into the playoffs which would be really important for them and especially because you know I just named five key players for the Saints both on offense and defense and so coming into a game like this in week 17 against the Carolina Panthers while a lot of people might not be paying attention to it while a lot of people might just want to write it off as this you know easy division game and the Saints might rest some players that's not going to be the case the Saints are going to come out and they're going to try to play this game and they're going to work to win this game 
And I think that the fact that the Saints just lost Eli Apple potentially for this upcoming week, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we're doing our crossover Wednesday earlier than we usually do because of the holiday. And so we don't have a lot of Bill and I don't have a lot of injury news here at the moment. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what the Saints are going to be tr- having to do, if there's no DJ Moore on that field, that works to the Saints advantage. And of course, you yep. never hope for anyone to be hurt, but it helps them to feel like they can rest a guy like Eli Apple, even if he's on the mend and kind of okay to play, you know, like, like 80% or something like that. They may make the decision like, no, we're actually okay. Same thing with Marcus Williams. We're actually okay with, you know, having all of these run stopping DBs on the field, guys like Marshawn Lattimore, PJ Williams, Patrick Robinson, who are all good tacklers as well as CJ Gardner Johnson. You know, they ended up getting to a point to where Marcus Williams got hurt and they moved CJ back to free safety and then moved like PJ Williams and Patrick Robinson back to the other safety position <laughs> because they only went in with three safeties in this game. Um, you know, cause DJ Swearinger, who they just recently signed was also inactive for this game. He had only been in the building for maybe four days before the game. And so maybe you'll see a little bit of DJ Swearinger. And so I think that they're going to try to have, and, and DJ Swearinger is somebody that's good in the run defense as well. And so I think that's the way you're going to see them lean when it comes to the secondary and what the configuration is, is some of these run stopping solid tackling defensive backs so that they can match up well against Christian McCaffrey. You should see Kiko Alonso potentially coming back for this game. AJ Klein's already back and Demario Davis is always going to be a big factor in guarding Christian McCaffrey for as long as Demario Davis and, the, and Christian McCaffrey are in the same division. Uh, and then of course the, the defensive line, you know, finding ways to create some discomfort for Kyle Allen, Will Greer, whoever it is that they see uh, at that quarterback position. But in terms of defending Christian McCaffrey, I think a lot of it is going to come down to the personnel grouping that they choose for those uh, the, the secondary. Yeah, for sure. And it, it seems like uh, that when you were talking about players on the men, it kind of reminded me of the team the Saints just played, the Titans. It sounds like it's a similar situation to what mm-hmm. they just did with Derrick Henry because they knew that this game was – really kind of meaningless in the grand scheme of things. I mean, the loss did, you know, kind of open up the possibility that the Colts can catch them, but really it it was more about them needing to be Houston. So the saints are in a similar situation here. If they're kind of in on the mend, probably better to, to sit them, especially with how banged up the Panthers are. Cause I mean, the saints can still get after this Panthers team because this offensive line still has been absolutely struggling um, the offense can't move the ball. And again, if there's no DJ Moore, that just puts even more pressure on the unit to move the ball and makes it tougher to, to move the ball, even with someone like McCaffrey, because mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, he's done well, but I don't think he really had that breakout season that a lot of us thought he was going to have. I know I personally thought this was his year and you know, like a, you can't be mad with what he gave you, but it just feels like there could have been more, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, totally. But um, yeah, they're they're just going to force feed the ball, I think, to McCaffrey. So you're right. It, that's a good point. If you can get kind of those run stopping guys, if you feel more comfortable, more comfortable with that, almost you're almost in a good position where you can just dare will greer to beat you and if yesterday was any indicator if sunday was any indication he's not really ready to beat you with his arm quite yet right at least at the nfl level so i think that's a good strategy for the saints and it's it just furthers that i think and i I know we we talked 
before we started recording this, uh, this could be a trip up, but the, the Panthers, like I said to me, are a team that are just ready to just pack it. And I think Terry Bradshaw put it really perfectly. Uh, the Colts, I think he said something like the Colts beat the, we don't want to play anymore. Panthers. Wow. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think he, he hit the nail on the head because this just feels like a team that is ready for the season to be over. And I mean, you, you can't blame them. I mean, it's just frustrating to go through another losing streak. I mean, this is two years in a row now that the Panthers have lost seven straight and, you know, two years in a row that, you know, while this year that loss didn't start the losing streak, it basically kind of got the ball rolling. And I'm talking about that big blowout loss to the 49ers mm-hmm. second year in a row that they've had a game where they gave up 50 and that got this ball rolling, so to speak. I mean, they did beat the Titans the following week, but then they lose to the Packers and then that's what got the ball rolling. So this, this is just kind of a, a get us out of here type game. I, I think, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to fight hard. I'm not saying the Panthers are going to go out here and they're going to tank, but they're just ready for it all to be over, I think. And I think yeah. they're ready for 2020 to start and to, to to start fresh, get a new coach, and just get back at it and hope hope for the best next season. Yeah, there's some excitement in that, right? Like the idea that, yeah. you know, we're a new regime coming in, we're gonna be we're gonna look different, you know, we're this isn't gonna be the future for us and things like that. So there's some excitement in that and everything that they've dealt with. It perfectly makes sense. But I think that you're right when you, you know, we, we talked about it being a potential trip up game. The Saints can't let that happen. This is one mm-hmm. of those scenarios where they just cannot let that happen. This is a, a division rival that would love nothing more than to, like you said, play spoiler and keep, you know, make it that much more difficult for the Saints to be in, in any type of position to where they can be, you know, outside of that number three seed. And so the Saints need this win. And this is a lot like I had mentioned, this feels a lot like week 17 last year, you know, to where, you know, the Saints, at least at that position, were able to sit players and there was there, you know, there were excuses, you know, because you didn't have all of your starters out there. But it's that same kind of idea like, oh, Kyle Allen's starting. He's a rookie. It'll be fine. And then this year it's Will Greer. And so, oh, everything's going to be great. But then, well, I'm just not I'm not confident enough to know that let me not say it that way it's not that i'm not confident in the saints i just know how this works sometimes it's it's a football god's feeling you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those things and they are vengeful. they are vengeful. and so uh i i, I worry from that perspective uh, as opposed to really being worried about the team i mean the team offensively should be able to roll against carolina's defense just like they did a few weeks ago this defense should be able to hold up there's no reason why and i had a conversation much like this with uh, uh my friend hayden uh, who writes over at asc um about this last game against the titans there's no reason that the saints should lose the game there are a lot of reasons though why they could lose the game and right. that's the issue right and i mean yesterday or i keep saying yesterday you guys by the time you guys listen it won't be yesterday it's nah, just it's all good. <laughs> a mind frame of the day we're recording but if sunday was any indication i mean go, we we touch on seattle again quick i mean seattle just lost mm-hmm. at home to the now just five win arizona cardinals yeah and they were without and, kyler murray for a stretch of that game they were that's right kyler murray was banged up so i mean that just shows that anything can happen so you're right the saints still got to be ready to play and that's the nice thing about week 17 too with all these playoff scenarios and the way they kind of 
structure these games. It's that, you know, the Saints are playing at one o'clock and they're going to be fighting because they know that they have a potential buy. They know that Green Bay is playing at one o'clock as well. And they know that Seattle and San Francisco are not playing until the Sunday night game. So their fate won't be decided until the end of the night, potentially. Right. So they've got to go out there and they've got to, they've just got to fight all day. And then, you know, who knows if, if it does start to be, become a runaway, then maybe you start considering uh, pulling some of your guys. Cause you know, you're in mm-hmm. good shape or if you know, green, well, I shouldn't say if Green Bay's in trouble, because is Green Bay really going to be in trouble against the Lions? It's the Lions. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, but I mean, you're obviously going to be doing a little bit of scoreboard watching because, again, the Packers are one of those teams. You know, I I guess in a way the Vikings as well, but uh, in all likelihood, the Vikings aren't going to win this division because, again, the Packers are playing the Lions. Right. And that, and the the Vikings would need the, the Packers to lose to the Lions. And I believe. Yeah, that game's at one o'clock as well. So I mean, they're all going to yep. be fighting. That four o'clock window really is only focusing on the six seed in the AFC and the NFC East, which right. fortunately may now be one with a winning record. <laughs> there were there was oh, some worry that seven to nine was going to win that division, but now it should be it should be nine and seven. I say Goodness. should because the Eagles should beat the Giants, but right. you never know. Yeah, again, you just you just don't know. And that's how I feel going into this game. But I do think that the Saints can walk away uh, with their victory in this one. And I think in order for them to do it, if I can jump to keys yeah. um, and everything, I think in order for the Saints to get a win here, they still have to play this game. And I mean, like, you know, it's not going to be one of those ones where it's going to be, you know, it, you know, you just show up and you relax or anything like that. You absolutely can't relax. And so that's a big thing is not looking ahead, right? Not looking past this yep. game, yep. Uh, which you don't really see in the NFL a lot. You see it a lot in college football. You don't see it a ton in the NFL, but don't let it happen to you. Don't don't be the team. And then the other thing would just be continue to roll on offense. This is a team that scored, like I mentioned, over the last six games, over 35 points per game for Carolina. They've given up over, over 34 over the last five. And so that's a good matchup for the Saints defense. I'm sorry, for the Saints offense that's mm-hmm. been scoring really really well and has been moving the ball very well there's options now opposite michael thomas jared cook is catching passes traquan smith is catching passes ted ginn jr caught the ball period period that's that <laughs> statement uh, <laughs> which is great um listen that was like a running gag too when i was doing those blurbs <laughs> on four for four it's like yeah he's had x amount of games in a row and x out of y of just two catches right yeah, it's 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 something else. But he makes he makes great catches and great moments. He makes good third down catches. So as far as I'm concerned, just throw the ball to him on third down and everything will be fine. And that's yep. eventually going to end up biting me in the butt, I'm sure. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then you know Alvin Kamara got a little more loose uh, last week uh, or in this last game against uh, Tennessee. Like we mentioned, he scored two touchdowns in this game, first time since week three since he found the end zone. He found it twice, including a 40 yard run, which accounted for half of his half of his rushing yards, but. It's fine. I'll take what I can get. 
Uh, and so it's been great to see, you know, to see him sort of step into that. He threw a block down the field that opened up the lane for the big 61 yard catch and run touchdown for Jared Cook. And then, of Which course, you've got pretty. Michael. Tom- yeah, it was great. Right. And then you've got Michael Thomas, who now sits with 145 catches and over 1600 receiving yards <laughs> on the season. So he's doing what he needs to do. And That's so as long crazy. as you can, I know. And so as long as you can keep the offense rolling, you can limit Christian McCaffrey and you don't look past this game. Those are my three big keys in order for the Saints to get a win here. Yep, no, absolutely. And yeah, he's already broken the single season record and he still has a game to go. Like Still that, has a game incredible. to go. It's wild. It's just wild. It, it's just been a joy to watch. And, you know, for all, all the people out there that say, oh, like all this money they make, blah, blah, blah. Michael Thomas was worth every penny every the second penny. he signed that contract. Absolutely. And his attitude, the moment that he signed it to where it wasn't any more about, oh, I got paid because of what I've already done. He said, I signed that contract. I'm getting that money. Now I need to go play and earn it. And that was immediately his his motivation and his mentality was now I have to play like I deserve that money. And and I think he, and has. he hasn't wasted any time. Yeah, I, I think I think he's deserved it. I, I think he's earned it. Yeah, I can't wait for next year when he's got, you know, 130 catches and we go, oh, a down year for Michael Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I could see all the fantasy sites now. Oh, Michael Thomas might only be projected for. 125 130 catches so (laughs) so just be wary that he might not reach 150 next year it's like well i think that's okay because he might not reset the record (laughs) yeah he might not reset the record like i think it's okay that he might not hit 150 because he'll be literally the only player to have hit 150 like even the great marvin harrison right never hit it which is crazy for the panthers i mean it's it's hard. It's hard. Like I said, for it's it's a team that obviously they're they're dejected, but you just got to go out and play with play with some fire. You know, play with a little bit of pride. It is your last game. It's your last home game. Um, you know, just go out there and make the most of it. You know, just put some film. Really, I think at this point, it's about roster evaluation. So if you're one of those players that you're fighting for a 2020 spot, you're just leaving it all out on the field. You know, those young guys, those bottom of the roster type guys. It's why I keep harping that I wish the Panthers would play Christian Miller more because they need to see what they have. Even if it's not this coaching staff, at least let the new coaching staff get a chance of what they're going to see. But other than that, I mean, this is, you know, a, a, a difficult matchup. They got to try to find a way to get to Drew Brees, you know, so hopefully they keep throwing Brian Burns out there more. Secondary has to somehow find a way to slow down the other options because at this point, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, they've got to go up against Michael Thomas. At this point, that'll just be blowing smoke if I sit here and say, oh, yeah, they've (laughs) got to contain Michael Thomas and try to stop him, blah, blah, blah. That's not going to happen. Thomas will probably have 10 catches and 100 yards like he usually does. So I'm going to say it's about the other options. Cook. Kamara, Ginn, Smith. It's about focusing on those guys at, at this point because Thomas is going to beat you no matter what. But if you can somehow hold those other guys, then maybe you can give yourself a chance to be somewhat competitive for a little bit in this game before it kind of gets away on you. And then, you know, the offense, I mean, Will Greer, it's it's another tough matchup against a good Saints defense, but 
The focus is going to be on Christian McCaffrey. You might as well just force feed him the ball. You know, just give him 20 carries and target him about 10 times. Again, I, I mentioned they want him to get – I'm sure they want him to get to 1,000 yards. So I'm sure they're going to do everything they can possible to get him those 1,000 yards. And he only needs about 70 yards. So it's it's right. not like it's impossible. So that's really the key. And at this point, just stay healthy. Just everybody yeah. stay healthy. Go into 2020, you know, well and good. And hopefully DJ Moore makes a quick recovery and – start enjoying your vacation i guess start uh you know get get out of sunday healthy and then go in monday for locker clean out day and then enjoy the off season yeah yeah all right so let's see so the saints are favored minus 11 and a half right now in this game according to DraftKings at the moment um that's a heavy spread uh, especially on the road um how are you feeling on the on the spread there or how are you feeling for your, your prediction there? I mean, honestly, I, I kind of threw out the prediction on the Monday pod and I said something along the lines of 31 to 10. So yeah. honestly, I'm, I'm not too concerned <laughs> about that. I mean, it is a big spread, but right. I'm not too concerned about it, but I think that that's going to be along the lines of what my prediction will be. I mean, again, they struggle to run the ball or they struggle to move the ball against the Colts and the Colts secondary is much weaker than the saints. Malik Hooker was banged up. Uh, Pierre Desir has struggled all year. Rocky Sin mm-hmm. was all right. This is just a much tougher matchup, but again, you just hope that they come out with some kind of firepower and they don't just leave a dud on their home finale. So but I don't know. I, I guess I'm on the opposite side of you, at least in terms of this game. I, I just don't have confidence at this point. I think I'm kind of ready to, I mean, I don't want to say I'm ready to pack it in, but I mean, it's, it's just been a, a frustrating run to you know sit here and just watch this team struggle for the last two months. It, it's been, I don't want to say depressing, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's been unfortunate. Yeah. The run that yeah. this has been on. I hear you, man. I'm a I'm a New York I'm a New Orleans Pelicans fan. I I, I get it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've, we've been struggling for a little bit too. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I like I like I mentioned, like I have pretty unfounded concern in this game, just in terms of what might happen. You know what All I right. mean? But but if I look at this game as what the Panthers bring to the table versus what the Saints bring to the table, if the Saints defense is even partially healthy i think they still match up well especially if dj Moore ends up missing and so the big main focus becomes continue rolling on offense and limit christian mccaffrey if they can do that i looked at this game as maybe being a little bit more like 28 to 14 a uh, couple of scores probably for mm-hmm. christian mccaffrey and the panthers uh, but the saints offense to continue rolling i don't know that they'll hit 35 again uh, as they have over these last few weeks but I definitely think that you know they can they can walk away with this one with a a couple score difference, and so I was going to give this one maybe a twenty eight to fourteen look, so pretty close to you. Yeah, and then uh, I guess one more question I just popped in my head. Yeah, man. Maybe the Panthers fans will have some interest in this too. But as if we look ahead at the playoffs for the Saints, what would be kind of the ideal path? Like, which of these teams do the Saints match up? best against like what what would be kind of a favorable draw on the road of the super bowl yeah so i would say probably that favorable 
uh, I'd say that, of course, if the Saints can get to the number one seed, um, of course, that would be helpful because it would get them into the home field advantage conversation. I don't think that they need home field advantage. They're six and one on the road this year. They were seven and one last year. Mm-hmm. Um, all told, over the last three years, they've actually they actually have a better road uh, or a road um, uh, results than they have had at home. Right, R- road record. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, than their home record. And so I, I don't know that they need home field advantage. Of course, the playoffs are very different, but but I think you know they, yeah they they get to the number one seed, and then a draw that ends up getting them maybe you know they would then take on the lowest winning seed. So if somehow the Vikings were to squeak through, I think that that would be a good matchup for New Orleans, especially if Dalvin Cook remains banged up. We'll see how everything's going with him, but I'm not too worried about their run game at all. The Saints have fared well against some much better run games and so i think that that being the 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 team uh that i would love to see them match up with if they end up getting you know the number six seed or something like that the lowest winning seed uh Mm -hmm. in that in that second round and then probably the most favorable draw at the top would actually be to welcome san francisco back i think that that would be their best matchup i don't know that they match up great against um the packers although i would take the packers if the saints had the number one seed i would not take the packers if the saints had the number two seed because then they have to travel to lambo in uh in the playoffs and you don't want to do that uh the saints don't want to do that i don't want to do that and so um that's just not a good good look for them but if they're gonna host it then i would take either green bay or uh san francisco if they have to travel so if they end up with the number two seed then i would much rather them traveling to santa clara for the for the conference championship than to be traveling to Lambeau or to uh, CenturyLink again. Um, just with them having beat Seattle already, it's hard to beat non-divisional teams more than once. Uh, it's hard to beat divisional teams more than once in a season, but mm-hmm. that's a hard game to go and win again, especially in a playoff environment. I told I talked about Lambeau, but you know the same rule in terms of hard to beat any team twice applies to San Francisco in the case of taking on and potentially beating new Orleans twice. And so I think that would be the draw that I would want for them. Sounds good. Should, should be fun to see. I mean, overall, I think it's going to be an exciting playoffs. All the teams are in there. I mean, you could even say all six teams look like they're pretty good. If the Eagles get in, if Dallas gets in, then well, okay. <laughs> but I, I think the the way things are playing out, I think it'll look better if the Eagles make it into the playoffs uh, versus the Cowboys. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's going to be a fun playoff run. Looking forward to the Saints. I will say right now, I am picking the Saints to win the NFC. Let's do it. Let's go. I just think <laughs> they are, I mean, they're on such a roll right now. You could argue, like I have the Niners ranked as the top team in the NFC, but you can definitely make the argument that the Saints are the the most complete team and they obviously have all that experience. I mean, this, this will be the first real taste of the playoffs for Jimmy Garoppolo, whereas Drew Brees has obviously been there, done that. So if those two meet in the playoffs, listen, I'm all for that. If we get a game like we did a couple weeks ago, I'm all for that. Give give me that rematch in the NFC championship. I'm ready for it. And then if they match up with the Patriots or the Ravens in the Super Bowl, then great. That would be wonderful. I've still got my fingers crossed for that that Brady Breeze Super Bowl. I want it. I just want those two guys to finally have and the opportunity. Honestly, yeah, that that's actually my Super Bowl pick right now is the Saints against the Patriots. Listen, I I love the Ravens. I love Lamar Jackson. 
but there's obviously just something about the Patriots in January that makes you think, okay, we've we've done this before. We've counted the Patriots out, and they've burned us before. I'm not. I'm not. If if I'm wrong, so be it. But I'm not rolling down that road this time. I'm, <laughs> I'm picking the. I'm leaning with Brady. I'm. I'm going to say we finally get Brady and Breeze in the Super Bowl. I would love it, man. That's exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> All right, but I think we're going to get out of here. Um, why don't you, if you want to remind the Panthers listeners where they can find all your wonderful work? Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Look forward to doing it again at some point over the off season. Uh, Panthers sure. fans, if y'all are interested, you can follow me over at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter. I'm not a slanderous uh, 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 Saints fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to come at opposing teams. <laughs> I'm just here to. I'm just here to teach. I'm just here to educate. I'm just here to gain to gather knowledge. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, no. Feel free <laughs> if you want to learn a little bit more about the Saints throughout, because injury reports, everything like that, is all going to be um, a pretty big factor in this game. So if you're interested and you want to keep up with the team, go ahead and throw me a follow over on Twitter. And you can follow me and on Twitter. App. Go ahead. I was just saying. Then please, same for you with the Saints fans. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bill underscore Setti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, PFN, uh, actually working on a piece of, you know, try to do a little research on where teams can pick in the top five. So be on the lookout for that. Hoping to get some college hoop stuff in the works soon as well. Uh, Very exciting college basketball season uh, where apparently no one wants to be number one because we now have (laughs) five teams that have lost as the number one ranked team, which is quite interesting. Yeah, that's wild. But at least Kansas didn't lose to Stephen F. Austin. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) But in any event, that's it. And like I said, bittersweet. This is the last crossover. Ross, thanks again for joining me. Uh, It was definitely a pleasure that the last crossover for me would be with you. So a lot of fun doing with this with you. And, uh, yeah, we'll get out of here. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to all you listeners out there. Make it a good one. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP with myself, Locked on Saints with Ross. Until next time, take care, my friends. We'll see you soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.